Hey, welcome to the Wealth and Business Podcast. On this episode, I'm really so excited to the point where this particular conversation brings me all the way memory lane. You know, five, six years ago when I started my journey and this particular organization basically saw me become who I've become today within the property space. And it only started with what I preach about the most, which is network. All right. Your network will determine the success of your journey. You know, without further ado, I've got somebody that has got got so much accolades to his name. He's done well in the finance industry. He's the founder of Ramsey and White, an award-winning financial brokerage firm based in Wales. And just to kind of give a little bit of overground, so over the last couple of years, Ramsey and White has done over 600 million, all right, in lending, selling over 300 houses across, you know, the country. Um, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna park here this particular point in time, and I'm just gonna kind of uh, ask with deep in, and now it's gonna be a great conversation uh, because we share very, very, very massive memory uh, with this massive individual. So without further ado, Joe White, my friend, welcome to the Wealth and Business Podcast. So good to have you here, bro. Very good to be here. Thank you, Daniel, for the opportunity to speak to you and your audience. And uh, yeah, we go way back. So looking forward to the conversation. Great. So, Joe, you basically founded the Ramsey and White uh, brokerage firm based all the way, you know, all the way in Wales. And I remember we met in London. We started when I first met you was in London. So first of all, tell us how you first of all got into the finance industry. Yeah, I think I, I wanted to be in property from, I'm 35 now, when I was about 24, 25, I wanted to be in property. And uh, for me, the, the quickest way into the property market was through a state agency. Um, so I worked in like West London in the state agency market, sales, lettings, management. And then um, I wanted to understand how the funding side of the market worked. So moved from a state agency into um uh, residential mortgages. One of the reasons for that was I did my first buy to let when I was about 26 and I got recommended the mortgage advisor, but the advice I got was wrong um, from the advisor. He got me a residential mortgage on a buy to let, but I already had a residential mortgage. So um, I was I was like, how has he got it wrong? And my kind of curious kind of personality, mentality, I guess, I wanted to understand and learn leverage. Obviously, working in the state agency market allowed me to understand finding deals, working with vendors, solicitors, etc., but not necessarily doing the, the lending or, or, or the funding myself. So I went down that route, residential um, mortgages, and then um, wanted to work more with landlords, so then moved into commercial finance. So that's really how it started. So, so it was an interesting property that led me into be a professional in the industry. And then I moved across because I wanted to grow and develop and, and, and deepen my understanding. Wow. Well, so, what, a great, what a really great way to kind of, kind of even share how you got started. But most people would have gotten started in property, right? And as a lettings agent or as a sales agent or maybe even as a property manager, what was your inspiration and what was your mindset in, obviously, I know you wanted to be, you wanted to understand how the property industry works, but what was then the mindset that gave birth to the entrepreneurship that you have become from just basically being a lettings agent, now becoming an entrepreneur and a CEO of one of UK's fastest growing brokerage firm? Yeah, I think, um, so I've always wanted to be a business owner since I was about 12 years old. Uh, and the reason for that is, well, I grew up, you know, very humble beginnings, council estate, very poor family kind of situation that I was involved in. And uh, where, I, where I grew up, there was a lot of crime, uh, you know, a lot of kind of, uh, yeah, alcohol, there's a lot of alcohol abuse, drug abuse, all on my estate where I grew up. And, you know, and I, and I was thinking at the time, like, how do I develop? How do I move away from this? Or, you know, because a lot of people just deal with that situation because they become products of their environment. But, uh, I met a gentleman who was uh, related to my mum's partner at the time and I only ever met him once and he drove down the estate and he had a green Rolls Royce. And I remember mm-hmm. saying to my mum, you know, me and my brothers thought it was a spaceship. We'd never seen a car like that, right? No one really drove <laughs> and every, you know, everyone, no one had much around there. So um, we seen this great green Rolls Royce. He let us sit in the car and I remember thinking that the, the cream seats, leather seats were nicer than our sofa. And me and my brother were like, wow, this is amazing. And I said to my mum, 
you know, what does he do? How has it, how has he got this spaceship? We called it. And she said, well, he's a businessman. You know, he sold uh, a successful driving school. Um, and then he set, set up, uh, set up hotels in Sri Lanka. So he, developed businesses, sold them and grew other kind of ventures. And I said to her, you know, being young and, you know, just simple minded at the time, why are we not in business? You know, why are we not business people? And she said, well, I'm looking after you three boys, you know, and that's my job. So at that moment in my life, I had a bit of a paradigm shift because, you know, well, my circumstances were, you know, of very humble beginnings, but actually that it showed me that there is another way of life. You can go out and make something of yourself. You can right. develop and grow and have financial independence, but you've just got to put yourself out there. So for me, like, you know, success for me is having the ability to start in one place, but to, uh, but developing the mindset to not be defined by that place. And what I mean is, uh, you know, remember where you come from, be proud of that. But ultimately, you know, if you grow and develop your mind, you can become more. You can fulfill your potential. You don't have to be restricted by, you know, where you grew up and the circumstances you can develop further. So it was always there from the early days. And I was just trying to figure out which is the best vehicle and which environment I should put myself in to to develop myself and grow in kind of entrepreneurship and, and business. And, and that's kind of eventually led me on to property and wealth management and, uh, you know, finance. It's so interesting to hear how you said how you had that paradigm shift, because I think that's quite very, very important because a lot of us as entrepreneurs somehow would become accustomed to thinking small rather than thinking big. And a lot of us as entrepreneurs, sometimes we think, uh, okay, oh, it worked for them. They became successful. They drive a road stress. We say, oh, I don't really need that because that does not really play a part in my success. or that doesn't really play a part or me showing to other people that I am successful. But it's also very important that the fact that in life and in business, especially as a life of an entrepreneur, which is not really an easy one, that we also understand the difference between risk and rewards, right? Because when you've risked everything and you're driving a road stress, you're driving a road stress, not really to, it's just like, it gives you that, so, okay, yes, I have actually paid the price. I've, I've worked hard, I've grafted. And this, because road stress is not just your common car, it's a, it's a statement car of achievement. Like when you've worked so hard, you know, you now have a road stress or when you work so hard and you have the private jet, because I remember sitting there with someone recently and they have a private jet and they told me how they told me the story of how they, you know, how they bought that private jet in my mind, my mind literally shifted. It just shifted and shifted. I'm like, Oh my days. So this is an honorary guy and he shared the story with me and how he's achieved all these different great things. But we are in a, we are always get lost in a bubble where we get lost in this bubble where sometimes we start an entrepreneur and all of a sudden we encounter different type of challenging in our lives. Instead of having paradigm shift that can actually help us become the greatest version of ourselves, we start to shrink. So you had this paradigm shift where you sat in that roadster, the seat felt so nice. How did that then help you as an individual to basically, you know, reposition yourself and your mindset from just being a listing agent to now say, okay, now it's time for me to go for the kill and then go and start. How did it all begin? How did you, how, what was the birth? How did that inspire mm. to the birth of Ramsey and White? Yeah, I think that was a, that was a catalyst for me, that moment, you know, the paradigm shift. And that was what really sparked my interest and, you know, it, to 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 get real kind of financial freedom and wealth, it was about how to create and develop and build companies. Um, so it was a you know a journey from obviously twelve years old to you know in my early well late twenties before um, starting that business. And, and I I think you can't be experienced. I see a lot of people jumping at the deep end, and and some people make it work, but some people really struggle. And I think you, you've got to go out into market and get experience. So for me, it was about developing the mindset, but also getting practical experience that I could then use and then formulate into to a business. So the end goal was always to open my own company, but it was just how and when. Uh, and I wanted to, you know, if you look at lenders, lenders want to lend, but they de-risk the, the deal by making you jump through various hoops. They, they mitigate that, basically to make sure that the loan come back. And effectively, by, by me going into the market and getting experience was me mitigating my potential risk of running my own company and really understanding how to grow and develop a business. Um, so I think it's really important you start with the end in mind and then work out a plan. So for me, I was 
always learning as I went along. So I wanted to be in property. I wanted to understand how that market went. So I went into the estate agency market. And when I went now, I realized that a lot of the estate agents, some of them are really good and some of them weren't so good. But yeah. to be an estate agent, you didn't have to be qualified like a surveyor or a financial advisor or mortgage advisor or a lawyer or whatever it may be. So people that, there was a lot of people I met in London who were just there because they needed jobs. So they were like mediocre at the job, which gave me an edge because I actually wanted to be there. I had a bigger goal to learn and progress. So I, I kind of riz, rose up the ranks quite quickly. But I was always curious. So I was speaking to the managers, I was speaking to the sales directors, I was speaking to the owners. I get to know them and, and ask what, what's going on. And I always would be trying to add value. So I wasn't just there for myself to get the knowledge, but I'd be adding value. Any company I was in, I would add value as much as possible to, to make a difference and make a positive impact, whether that be for the clients, for the business or the people I work with. But what you'd learn along the way is, you know, how how what what fundamentally makes a business work well, but also things that don't work so well you know like management structures or certain marketing or processes they put in place so you're learning and you're making notes about okay well i would have that but i wouldn't have this okay so i went from obviously from the from the the state agency into residential finance and then um went into commercial and one of the reasons i went into like commercial lending and in in the investor world is because at the time there's a lot of tax changes so a lot of landlords had properties in their limited in their own name but you couldn't offset the mortgage uh, interest. And my manager at the time didn't want to work with limited company lenders. That's mm. a lot of hard work. That's a lot of paperwork. Whereas I thought that would be an opportunity because a lot of landlords would start buying for a limited company. So I've seen a trend that was about to appear. So I positioned myself into a commercial um, space of the market where I could operate and, and work with these type of clients. And also, you know, the mindset really shifted then because so, so that happened in terms of helping clients and being in a position to help more people that were operating in that space. So it would give me more traction. But then working with budding entrepreneurs and property own, uh, uh, property kind of business owners, um, it was very positive. You know, they were all trying to progress either their property business or their businesses outside of that and develop further. They need a certain type of funding to make that happen. So I was constantly like rubbing shoulders with other entrepreneurs and business owners who are better in themselves. So that kind of first knowledge and growth was just, you know, through experience and working with the right people. And I always wanted to set my own company. So when I was 30, I, I set up Ramsey and White and it was at the time financial property investors. So I niched it even as a qualified mortgage advisor, can I could do everything from residential, buy to let, HMA commercial development. I niched it in the property investor market because I wanted to get traction. So yeah. I am the person that can help you fund your projects. If you're looking to build momentum, I get it. Any strategy that you're working on or looking to utilize, I can help fund, you know, so buy to lets or buy refurb refinance or HMA conversions or commercial conversions or development. You know, there's always an element of funding typically required. So I was put myself in that position. Um, so, but my ultimate goal, you know, was from experience on how not to run a business or how things went well or not, not well, I was to build a holistic practice. And why I wanted to do that is a number of reasons is I wanted to be able to build a holistic practice that could offer the clients yeah. more services rather than just funding. So, you know, the real estate arm, the wealth management arm, pension investments, you know, and it all leads back to me getting bad advice. You know, I always say to the team, remember that time when I had bad advice, make sure you give the clients <laughs> the right information yeah. so they can make an informed decision because ultimately it's going to impact their their business. And if it's a positive impact, they're going to be grateful and they're going to talk to you, talk about you to your friend, their friends and family. Yeah. So I wanted to build a practice that could help them. Then it was about... Um, the, the team, giving them the opportunity to grow within the business. So whether that be a mortgage advisor, financial advisor, estate agent, lettings agent, property management, partners, directors. So then you're retaining good staff within the business. And then the third option, the third reason is to make the business more profitable. So, you know, you see all the stats when people start businesses, are uh, one in 10 or five, nine out of 10 businesses fail in the first year and all that sort of stuff, right? And I was hell-bent on not being one of them statistics, but out, outperforming um them statistics so how would you do that and that's by building a profitable business that adds value in the market and as you said we've done over 600 million in lending that's 600 million you know pounds in lending in the uk property market through the fund through funding that we've offered so it's a yeah. lot of money a lot delivering. Of money. yeah so um, and that's real value that we've added um and so that's a tangible kind of metric we can benchmark ourselves against uh, within the marketplace you know quite 
of it. Yeah, quite, quite interesting. You said, quite interesting. You kind of really break down, you know, how you know how you went through, you know, from just a simple idea and having that paradigm shift and basically now coming this far and now you know owning a company where you are the CEO. Uh, you know, of a, of, a, of, a, of a brokerage firm that's done over 600 million in pounds in four years, uh, you know, and counting. So over, over the last four years, and, and, and this is counting. And a lot of times people, people, people ask me, but even me, myself, people ask me this, you know, all the time, how did you just go from now, you know, you were doing rent to rent, for example, how did you then go into owning assets and, you know, doing all these different things in property, I just said the goal is simple. Like you say, if you start with the end goal in mind, you know, it doesn't mean that it's going to be a smooth sell. It means that there's going to be so much turbulence. But obviously those turbulences is what continues to build up your strength. You know, the days where it's not working is where you're actually learning, not the day where it's all working. The days where you're facing through those mental challenges, you know, physical challenges where it's not working. It's all well and good right now we're talking about the amount, the amount of level of success you've done in lending and obviously selling, you have a, you have a lettings agents on that manages and also sell properties. And you guys have done, you know, over 300 properties in sales, but just looking backwards right now where you are, this is 2023. With all those different challenges that stood right there in front of you, what was your most, you know, pivotal point where you just felt like it's either I'm just going to go and do this. All right, to to rise to the top because it's so easy to to just play at the bottom, and I always say this: if whatever we're doing, if you if the bottom is crowded, you know it means you're in the wrong environment. You need to do whatever you can. It's okay to start from the bottom, but you need to identify how to quickly leave that bottom and you know accelerate to the you know to, to to the middle level, and then obviously head to the to the upper upper class situation. So how? What was that moment for you where you literally said, you know what, okay, now you've, you've left the Latin's agent industry, you set up Ramsey and why, but you're going to go for the kill? Mm. I mean, from the beginning, I've, I, you know, I was, I start with the end in mind, right, through a lot of personal development and working with some industry leaders and, you know, seeing what's possible within the industry. You know, I've, why would you not go for it? Why would you not fulfill your own potential? which is limitless, really. You know, I feel like, you know, you have an obligation when you set up a company and a responsibility to grow that business into something of value and success. Now, some people want to just be one-man band. Some people want a small team and some people want a, a performance business and everyone's got their different drivers and motivations. And I think that just where I grew up and where I come from, it's just a lot, a lot of people did much like that. So it was, if I'm going to go for it, I'm going to go for it. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to, because I, you know, and it's, and it's, and it's a series of events because ultimately we're solving problems to help people move their business forward. You know, look, I've got this asset um, and I want to do X, Y, and Z with it. How do I structure it? What funding do I put in place? Um, And and how will that work in, in the market? And you're kind of breaking that down and simplifying it. So when you do that once, twice, three times, four times, you get real tangible results. And it's just, you just, progressively move forward and, and, and develop. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so, you know, and, and it, there is times when you, you do have hard moments along the way. It's not all plain sailing, you know, like when you're running a business, you're responsible for a lot of people and, um, you know, you're accountable to them as, as you know, my job title is a group managing director of the various companies involved in. Um, so, you know, you have expectations of the staff, but they have expectations of you, you know, and your company you need to deliver. And it's, it's aligning that and getting, you know, the, the board members in line with the vision. So, you know, moments as tough, you know, we've had Brexit, we've had COVID, yeah. we've had interest rate rises. So there's always a battle. So why don't you just go for it and and really push yourself? But, you know, I, I, I focus on you know, it's small improvements. And if you be consistent with them improvements, then you'll build something of value. So, you know, it's a really, really good question, Daniel. I don't think I've really sat back and reflected. I, I just feel like it's, I was always going to go for it, you know, and there's times when you think, yeah. why am I doing it? Because it, the, the stress levels are like up here. Um, but then you remind yourself, you know, um, okay, today I'm feeling stressed, but tomorrow's a new day and I'm going to just work through the plan and I've been in this situation before and I can get through it. 
you know, and you know, and what I'll say to anyone listening who's thinking about starting a business is things you don't understand now and you're finding stressful, once you overcome them, mm. then next time they come around, you've dealt with it. Okay. So it's just like you just develop and grow as a person. Um, but it's how far you want to take it. You know, what's really important for you. We were talking off camera, weren't we? And we're saying, um, 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 you know, it's good to ambi- have ambition, but with ambition comes sacrifice. Yes. But how much sacrifice are you willing to, to, to give to basically, what are you willing to sacrifice for ambition? You know, time, you know, evenings, birthday parties, Christmases, relationship, friendships. So it's finding that balance of what works for you and what you really want. Um, because business can be tough, but I guess, yeah, in short, it's, in the business is, is tough. So why would you not go for it and try and make it as best as possible so you can um, outperform the the odds of, of not doing well, you know? 100%. You know, and, and, and this actually brings me to, you know, to something that just I really want to ask you because I'm just going to count so that we, we, you know, it gives us a build-up. So number one, you, you, you've built a business from nothing that's not done over 600,000 pounds over, over in lending, over 300,000 pounds. You've been you've you've been named um, you know fastest fifty companies in Wales, all right. You you are also the founding member of the Enterprise Network in Wales for young people. You're you're a member of the Prince 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 Charles um, um, Prince Prince, Prince Charles um, Trust as well, and your organisation has gone from you know, literally just raising finance, all right, and as, as well as, you know, submitting, you know, lending for property developers, bro- property investors, and, and what such not. You have won multiple industry awards, and you've basically, you know, have, you've created something that a lot of people will look back and say it's impossible in a space of five to six years. And as well as we've been through this lockdown we, we spoke about, we're currently going through Brexit. We've went through Brexit. We're currently in, you know, cost of living crisis. Uh, we're currently going through recession. We have, we've had three prime minister. And when people do come to your organization to, to seek for funding and lending and having done all these different things over the last couple of years, what is your, what is your mindset, you know, when it comes to, basically advising people and having built this business and as advising people through their own journey, what has your mindset been? Mm. I mean, like it comes back to like why I got in, why I started in the first place, you know, I got the wrong advice. And, um, if, if someone comes to me, how, what do they really need? What's important to them? What are they trying to achieve? You know, how can I ultimately help them? And give them the right advice so they can so they can move forward. You know, generally generally care about our clients and and what they're trying to yeah, achieve. And absolutely, I can agree to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and I think that's the most important thing for us at Ramsey and White. And um, for those who don't know Ramsey and White, I mean, we started off as a mortgage brokerage, you know, helping property investors. Then we went into estate agencies, so so sales lettings, and then wealth management, and you know, doing our own projects in the background. So yeah. all of them are entwined with each other. You know, when you go on the property journey, it's you, you, you work with an agent, then you may or may not need funding. Nine times out of ten, people need some some element of funding. Definitely, investors do because they're they're looking to build a portfolio and leverage the, the capital they've got. And then once you've got the once you've got your portfolio to a certain size, some of our clients' portfolios 20, 30, 40 million, then they might be looking how do we structure that in a way that's tax efficient, that's um, legacy planning, um, that's you know that's, that's congruent with their plans now. That may have changed from when they first started. They might have started in their thirties and now in their forties or 30, uh, early for, early late thirties, sorry, and. Um, and they've got a couple of children, they're married and they want to like put a family trust in place. So it's going on that journey with the client, you know. So people, you know, what if you ask, you know, any of my clients I speak to, if they're a seasoned developer who's built hundreds of houses to a first time investor, you know, I treat them the same, you know, in, in terms of obviously the, the developer might need less information um, compared to the first time investor. But in terms of level of respect, I'm still there. And the question is, what are you looking to do? How quickly do you want to do it? And how can we help you? 
you know, well, I've been told this, Joel, that I can get this sort of funding or I'm trying to buy my first investment. I don't know if I should buy an limit company with my sole name. You know, I've heard about this strategy. I've heard about this. And it's just like breaking that down for people. So the yeah. mindset is really just del- delivering value, you know, delivering value and ultimately building long-term relationships. You know, we've planned to be in the market for a very long time. Yeah. We're long-term thinkers. That's why we overcome Brexit and COVID and interest rates because, you know, there's always going to be something in the market. But if you think long-term, then it's not a problem. You know, it's chill. It's long-term. If you're thinking short-term, oh, this is a problem, this is a problem, this is a problem, then that's going to slow you down. You know, if you look at like Warren, or Warren Buffett, you know, he's a long-term thinker, right? His wealth has always consistently gone up. You know, the interest rates, the, the property market, short-term thinking, there's been dips in the market, but long-term thinking, the market's always, always done really well. If you look at the property market, yeah. I think the average property residential in the UK is like 280 or 1,000 at the moment. Last year, it was 290. People were saying, oh, well, um, it's gone down by 10 grand. Well, actually, over a five-year period, it's gone up by 15%. So, you know, it's that, that thinking how and your perspective perspective on, on, on the markets and how it is. So, so that, that's how we do it. You know, how can we help uh, and uh, how can we build a long-term business relationship with this person? You know, you know, I, I like there's something you said on your last you know, statement there. You said whether you're somebody who's looking to invest or whether you're already a developer that's going to ask less questions and the first person is going to ask lots of questions. And that's what Ramsey White is all about. And this is why I, I thought I'd really go into this really much because I still remember when we first met about five years ago and Ramsey and White were just getting started off the ground. I was also just getting off the ground in terms of, okay, you know, this is what I need to do. And in my particular situation, you know, I was, you know, I was living in a house where my wife and my kids were living in that house for 13 good years. We've lived in that house, you know, and I remember speaking to so many property, you know, you know, um, you know, mortgage brokers, uh, you know, you know, uh, brokerage companies in England. I remember speaking to a lot of people. And this is why it's so important, the power of your network, the power of your environment. I remember you and I meeting you know, in a setting network. And from that setting network, you know, our relationship just literally blossomed, you know, till today. And we've, you guys have seen me grow. I've seen you guys grow. I've seen your business do so well. And, and you guys obviously, you know, seen vice versa. And I remember my situation was very, very difficult because I lived in a house. I couldn't release an equity because uh, myself and my wife didn't have enough income to get a second charge mortgage. Um, as well as, you know, I had, I had issue with my credit score, my wife had a clean credit score and we sat down and then you, you we had a chat on the, we had, we had a, we had a chat of a couple of hours over the telephone. Then you didn't introduce me to John, John Paul. Then obviously they said, okay, Dean was your guy. And then we spoke to, and I spoke to Dean and even over the years, our relationship. So obviously these are all the directors, by the way. So at the end of the day, myself and Dean, obviously we aligned and we have continued to work together. And you guys have helped so much in helping property wealth education and his clients and his community. And the most important part is that you, what you said there the same way we deal with a guy who's looking to build a hundred million pound property portfolio a 15 million pound property portfolio is the same way we treat you, whether you're just getting started. And that is absolutely true. You know, it's just absolutely true, you know, and I just want to, you know, kind of just say thank you, Joe, for what you, because it's about value. I say create enough opportunity in the market, create enough of value in the market. And guess what? The money will naturally come, you know, because if you stand for value and if you stand for opportunity, then things will just start to really, really, really work. You know, so I'm so really, really humbled that that we have maintained a great relationship that has, you know, gone to where it is now. And you've been on this podcast just to kind of, I've never had the opportunity to, 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 to say thank you for being part of my journey, you know, as well as, you know, being part of yours. So I haven't said that because I just need to get off my chest. I haven't said that just to kind of also recommend these guys because they're one of the best in the whole country. I'm not saying this just for saying it. They've been part of when I started, when I was transitioning as an Uber driver, because in 2018, I was still driving Uber, you know, till the end of 2018, that's when I stopped driving Uber. And these guys have been there for me. So for those of you listening, so relationship is key. I want you to take that word here. 
Relationship is key. Grow for sure, be successful for sure, but don't try to get rich quick. Because as you can see the conversation happening here, Joe is sharing his journey of five years. I'm sharing my journey of five years as well. And we've both done amazing things in the industry. So having said that, Joe, the market has not been easy. There's been a lot of turbulence in the market. And in this market has been so full of turbulences, we've done a lot of transactions. And in lending, I've recommended a lot of clients to you guys. You guys have done a lot of lending for me. And I sat down the other day, there's multi-million pounds in transactions that we've done together in terms of lending. My question to you right now, with all these things that's happened over the course of three years, specifically from Brexit to lockdown to lockdown to recession, what is the current appetite of investor? All right. And the, the second question is, what is the current appetite from lenders? How is it working? How is it bouncing off each, you know, each? No, I think, uh, yeah, like you said, there's been a lot of chopping and changing in the market over the last 12, 18 months. It's a lot of navigating. Um, I think that's why it's really important that you have a team around you that you can lean into who kind of work in, in the market. So whether that be a specialist accountant, a financial advisor, mortgage advisor, solicitor, you know, having people on the ground that can really give you kind of that information that can you, you can take away and use tangibly within your business yeah um the appetite from the lending market is um lenders are very liquid at the moment so that there's a lot of money moving around so they still very much want to lend um loan to values seem to uh, still be you know 75 percent on on um investment pro pro properties which is still high relatively you know that standard if that started dropping i'd be a bit more concerned about how the lenders are viewing the market um, in terms of like rates uh, obviously we've seen an increase in rates uh from last year although we've just started to see rates come down obviously hsbc announced uh, they, they reduced a number of products in january we've seen some other lenders follow suit even at the bank of england base rates gone up um, the swap rates have um have come down slightly so we start to see that the, the rates go down and i think what you're seeing from lend uh, from investors is the difference between professional landlords and maybe just toe dipper landlords obviously the professionals who are treating their business you know, like a business, the property business, like a business, mm. um, and putting in the right metrics and fundamentals to, to have a sustainable business are really looking at deals and seeing, can I add value here? Does this thing cash flow? Um, is it going to make a positive impact on my business rather than uh, investors that maybe only ever looked at interest rates that are very low and just buying at market value, you know, and putting a deposit down and nothing really that creative. So I think there's a difference between the two parties we're seeing. So some people sitting on the fence, but then the uh, serious investors who are still taking advantage of opportunities in the market where there's still lending available and there's still um, investment opportunities available. And I think people just need to work probably a bit harder than they were used to in terms of making sure they're getting deals um to, to stack where they need them to. But I think it's about being disciplined on your numbers and making sure that, that they, do, they do stack up and not just buying something because you got excited um, by buying a property, basically. Um, we've seen a massive shift in the holiday let market where there was a real kind of um, boom in that space after COVID, like the whole mm. staycation, seeing more lenders move into that space. So these kind of really like boutique holiday lets seem to be doing really well and there's more lenders in that space. Um, at decent loan to values and, and relatively competitive. Um, uh, so I'm seeing some property investors building successful businesses out there. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, the fundamentals we invest in property ourselves is, is the main thing is, can you add value to this? And like, you know, like you, you were sharing a minute ago, Daniel, is, you know, you were wanting to be in business and property and you're showing a journey from Uber driver to investor. And it's an amazing story. I remember meeting you years ago and I think this guy's really smart and dresses really well. And, you know, he wants it. He, he's just trying to figure out how to make it happen. So you actually had an asset, but you you figure out figure out how how to like release equity and make that into an income producing asset. So it's exactly the same now. It's like, okay, there's some hurdles in the market, but how do you make it work for you? You know, and it's just getting around the right people and making sure the deals stack up. I mean, we bought a commercial property during COVID, right in the middle of COVID, it was lockdown. We found an auctioneer. He did all his auctions by you know, the old town hall, but no one was going to the town hall because um, they were all in lockdown, right? And he wouldn't go online because he was old school and he, that was the way it was. But we had his details. We said, oh, you know, you've still got properties. How are you selling them? 
He said, well, you know, I can't really because I can't do my auctions, but, you know, I've got something. So we we managed to speak to him about a commercial deal and it was on the market for 200. Um, then it went down to 150. Uh, that's what the, the it was a selling uh, solicitor was selling his business and he didn't need it to build anymore. And we offered him 100,000 for it. And then he sold it to us. We split it into five offices. We used private funding, 100,000 pound private funding, 10%. We paid for it. And then uh, we spent 30 grand of our own money on the property and uh, then had it valued for 200,000 with NatWest Commercial through kind of an opco, propco style um, uh, structure, which was, you know, efficient for us and um, wow. allowed us to get better loans of value. And the interest rate was less than 3%. So, uh, yeah, and, that, and that's seeking opportunity yeah. in whenever everyone's in their gardens drinking gin and tonic and, and, and <laughs> living, off, living off fairly, right? So it's a mindset. Absolutely. It's a mindset, isn't it? I always, I say this a lot as a coach and as also a mentor. I say this a lot. Whatever we want to become is 90% mindset and the rest is, you know, 10%. Because if your mindset is not in the right place and the simplest way to kind of even explain this is like you can force a horse to the stream, you can't force them to drink. If your mindset is not the right place, regardless of the environment that you're in, regardless of the people you have surrounding your network, you know, it's not going to happen, right? So, for example, lenders are still lending and people are still borrowing at the moment, you said, in your own words, and which is absolutely correct. Throughout this lockdown, my portfolio has, you know, has grown and grown and grown and people around me, you know, as well, their portfolio has also grown and people are doing transactions, but people almost focus on like, oh, what is the market saying? Still not still a good time to buy. I said, listen, the best time to buy property was yesterday, was 20 years ago. What does that mean? It means that, if you find the opportunity to take advantage of the market today, that is your best 20 years to come. Because one of the things I've also shared all the time is that don't wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate to wait. Because like you said, even if you buy right now, there's a decline in the market to 10% to 12%. And over a course of five to 10 years, it will automatically correct itself. And understanding the point of value exchange, where, for example, you're not buying to add value, exactly what you said, buying a commercial building and turning that and that property turns into 200,000 pounds, is the value. So people should be, on, be able to understand the importance of understanding value, understanding time, and understanding, obviously, the entire refinance project, which obviously brings me to my next question, which is, does buy refurbished finance still work in this current environment? Yeah, I mean, I think you make the money on on the on the purchase, right? If it doesn't work, don't do the deal, you know. So, um, it it it, and I think the, the, some of the struggles we've seen, I will I will say, is where the stress tests have been have the lenders change the stress tests on, on rental income. So we've seen it being restricted. So some of the buy to let deals haven't stacked up, but I think they they've come off the back of before the changes and they were in the pipeline. Um, but we are still seeing the deals that are that buy refurb refinance the works. So fundamentally, that strategy works. You know, you're buying an asset, you're adding value, and, and you're getting the uplift. Um, but you need to be buying it for the correct price. Mm. You know, you can't just be buying it over market value. Um, and if if there's the market's meant to be dipping, and then you're overspending on the works, and then not getting the valuation you want, and then you're going to struggle, and then also not getting the lending you want. So I think you just need to slow it down really and work through the fundamentals of what's available to you and how it's going to be analysed and then doing your due diligence on on the location. I mean, I, I get asked all the time, what's the, the methodology for uh, HMOs and like commercial lending? And we used to go through that with clients all the time. But I said, well, what you can do is speak to the commercial surveyors in your area, get to know them, get to build a relationship with them. So let's say, let, let them know that you're buying assets, you're looking to build a portfolio, you want to build relationships, and you just want to understand what methodology they're applying in that area in the current market conditions. And they'll tell you, well, HMO in this area will typically get X amount of yield or a commercial will get this yield. And you can start working. Okay, well, if these are the people valuing it, and it comes in and they're valuing it at this amount of money, then I need to, if I'm going to spend X amount on it, then I need to buy it for this. Okay. And that's how you've got to work backwards. You know, we spoke about end in mind. So it can absolutely buy refurbished refinance can work, but obviously you've got to get it at the right price, you know. Um, but what I think there'll be other opportunities where, you know, people still need to sell, you know, downsizing, divorce, uh, death, yeah. uh, relocating. There's still strong motivators in the market. Um, and it's just being in contact with the right uh, people that have access to them deals. 
Uh, and if people, you know, there was other deals we were looking at recently, uh, you know, that, the, that was overinflated property prices. But then when you dig into it, the, the, the vendors actually bought the property 20 odd years ago. So they made a lot of money. So is there more room for negotiation there? Um, so I think you just got to skill up um, on analyzing deals and also being able to um, negotiate good deals and, and, and being disciplined with that. You know, don't get emotional about it. Wow. Well, I really, I really, I really agree, completely agree with you on that one. It's all about understanding your numbers, buying the property at the right price, and as well as also learning how to buy the worst property on the best location, right? Because location is everything. So buy refurbished finance, people somehow don't, they misconstrue the, uh, the fundamentals, you know, not really understanding that you have to buy, you know, the worst property on the best road or the worst property in the best location, and obviously adding value where needed. You know, one of the reasons why I do HMOs myself is buying the smallest property in the in the right location with the right demand and supply. And then turning that into larger sizes where you know where where, where is required. Now, um, for those who are thinking right now, who are listening to this podcast and really wondering, you know. What is buy refurbished finance, and ha- and and what are the current options for them right now? Is there anything that you'd like to share on that in terms of what is buy refurbished finance, and how you know could they basically utilize it to get into the market? Yeah, buy. Re- it's a it's a good question. I think as investors, most people know about buy refurbished finance, but actually, if you're a brand new investor, it's not something you hear often, and it's hard maybe to get your head around. So, trying to simplify it, basically, buy refurbished refinance is a property strategy that investors use to build momentum when building out their portfolio of properties. So, you're effectively buying a property for a certain price, and then you're adding value to that property, maybe for a refurbishment, um, and then you're refinancing it at a higher price effectively to extract the capital that you put into the deal um, and to get a better return on investment. And that is basically buy, refurb, refinance. And way, the way it normally works is you would buy a property for... So I'll give you that back to that commercial property that we did. Yeah. You know, it's on for... Reduced to 150, we bought it for 100. So our purchase price is 100,000 pounds plus investor cost. Then you've got 30 grand refurb, you know, and then you've got your soft costs as well, like your legals, et cetera. But let's say 130,000 pounds. We then had it... So we bought it for 100. We spent 30 doing it up. So buy, refurb. And then we've got it valued by NatWest Commercial at 200,000. So then they give us a loan of 150 against it. Yeah, 75% loan to value. So that's 75% and pays off the 100 grand plus the money that we've done plus some surplus. So effectively, we bought property, added value, refinanced and pulled the money back out to pay off who we need to. And then the money going in, so the rental income going in, paying off the mortgage, then the surplus, you know, against what's left in, which is nothing, gives us, you know, infinite return on our money uh, so in terms of what's available to people doing that you know you can use private funding um you can use bridging funding um and then by you know there's refurbishment products out there depending on your experience and what you're looking to do um and then there's uh you know buy to let hmo options i think what, when people say well I'm, I'm new to property i don't have much money how do i start so if you look at options if you have a home you own your own home is there equity in that property right so you might be able to get a further advance with your existing lender obviously everyone's circumstances different so this ain't financial 100%. advice but so so, every, so you could look at a further advance for your existing lender or you could look at second charge with a different lender or you could do a look at second charge bridge with a different lender. And then you could that's how you could raise, or you could do a remortgage, depending if there's earlier payment charges in place, and if that makes sense. But effectively, you could look to raise capital on your own property and then use that money to buy an investment property and do the work and then refinance. But you know, I'd only suggest doing that if you know if you're borrowing at four percent and you're getting a return of twenty odd percent, you know. Obviously, the numbers have got to work for you. Don't borrow at four percent and get a return of two percent because you're not. It doesn't make any sense, does it? So the numbers again have got to stack up. Absolutely. I mean, I really love that because uh, over the years, uh, one of the reason, one of the ways I've actually used to scale my property portfolio, like you said, for those who don't have money, it was exactly the same route that I took. But obviously, for those of you listening. I didn't just fall from the sky and listen to a podcast to get to do it. I had to get myself educated, right? I had to have people around me who knew how to do this and how to do it correctly and having the appropriate team in place. 
So one of the reasons why a lot of people make a lot of mistakes is to listen to podcasts like this and just go and do it and make a lot of mistakes. I'll give an example of someone who actually made a huge mistake. He was he had an equity in this property. Uh, he listened to a podcast or sorry, a YouTube channel. And after listening to it, he basically just went and got a builder to start developing his three bed house into a seven bedroom HMO, not knowing he needed to apply for planning, not knowing knowing, knowing that he needed to have uh, checked due diligence in the area, whether there was an Article 4 restriction, and as well as and applying for an HMO license, you know, whilst he previously had people living in the property as a, as a shared house and having all these different things. Now he's completely built the HMO, he's developed it, and then he realized that, okay, the neighborhood reported him that there's been an ongoing development, and the, neighbor, the, the council then came and enforced of illegal construction, and then as well, the lenders, who the mortgage provider then discovered that the property was being used as an HMO and then re- decided to call back the debt, all right? And the, everything just went, you know, messy. So it's quite important for you to get yourself educated, you know, uh, when you're listening to, to, to stuff like this. And here as well, obviously, Property Wealth Education, we offer people step-by-step process in partnership with, with the likes of Ramsey & White, who is our financial brokerage firm and partner, and as well as our sponsor, who basically sponsor our podcasts, sponsor our events, and we've just partnered recently for them to be one of our, you know, one of our most, you know, outstanding, you know, sponsors there. And in all our networking events, you can come and speak to them. You can come and reach out to them to basically know how they can help you get your journey started. So yeah, so I really thank you for that, Joe, for just kind of breaking that down. So as we move towards the end of this episode, Joe. Uh, for those who are basically looking to start their portfolio or to get onto the ladder, you know, uh, what would be a word of advice that you will probably genuinely have from your heart to basically want to 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 just give to people in terms of, you know, some people end up standing over the fence and just watching, shall I, shall I not become a doubler? What is your, from your journey, how you've basically went from nothing, you know, you know, to building something so tremendous right now from a nested agent and having the vision to start your firm, to doing 600 million, being named one of the 50 fastest growing company in Wales, uh, you know, and obviously Emmy for the entire nation at the moment. What is your genuine advice for anyone that's listened to this podcast and they're just a bit dabbling, shall they, you know, shall I, shall I not do this? What is, what is that looking like? Well, what advice would you want to give to them? I think it's, um, you know, what's important to you? You know, what do you want to achieve? You know, why do people get into business and property? Um, legacy, maybe increasing their income, uh, maybe securing a better pension. Maybe they want more time and freedom with their family. Um, and ultimately, you know, it's it, anyone can do it. I genuinely believe that anyone can do it. So depending, it doesn't matter on your journey or where you are in, in, in life. 100%, but you need to commit to it. You need to decide what you want to achieve and then just go and make it happen. But what I'd always say, and this is from the bottom of my heart, is get yourself around right people and educate yourself. You know, you can't be experienced or education. You know, like we've got young Will, who's 22 years old. I spoke to him. He wanted to be a property investor. I said, why don't you come and work for us? I'm going to teach you. You know, he's learning so much in finance, wealth management, real estate, pensions, investments. You know, he's got his stocks and shares ISA set up. He's bought his first investment, bought it for like 60,000, spent five grand on it, had it valued at 90. You know, really good deal when he's 22. And we've got another young lad, Lewis, who's 18, who's trying to do similar things. So I think you can't beat that experience. So if you're on the fence, then... I think it's sitting down and writing through the pros and cons, like what, why you want to do it, what checking the pros will be, what the cons are, and then getting yourself around the right people. There's so many, and if you're struggling like financially, then there's so many networking events that are free, coffee meetups, you know, you can pay £10 for a networking event, these podcasts are free. So just start listening, start building a bit of a plan, get around the right people, and then and then take action. I think, you know, if you speak to someone like Rams in White, um, we can give you mortgage advice, we can financial advice. A lot of people don't know they can unlock their pensions. So speak to some people who are trying to get a property, you've got like seven pensions in the background from all their corporate jobs, maybe 50 grand, 100 grand. We can show them ways to unleash, that, uh, unlock that through kind of SIPs or SASs. And they can then use that and buy, you know, some commercial real estate if they wanted to. Um, so, you know, you speak to someone like understand your mortgage ability, what position you're in, like, you know, like you said earlier, maybe some yeah. credit issues. I've got equity in my residential. How do I do that? So find out what you can do. 
from a mortgage point of view, maybe look at your credit report and speak to an accountant. Shall I be buying in a limit company or in my personal name, speaking to a solicitor and understanding that? And then um, and then go for it. You know, if it's the right thing to do. But I always think property is an asset class. It's one of the best, in my opinion. But there's multiple asset classes. So yeah. we look at, you know, we look at... Um, you know, your emergency fund, we look at your attitude to risk, we look at the various different asset classes. So you've got to move and think like an investor. So if you're not used to that, then you need to go and put yourself in that position. So I would start with learning. The people that I work with to do really well, they spend time around people like yourself, Daniel, yeah. and your community. And um, they sit and learn and ask questions. And they're curious. And then they take action. And then once they've got that, then they take off rather than jumping in the deep end and going, yeah. oh, crap, I've lost the money. And then they get burned. You always hear that landlord who's, who's an accidental landlord, had bad tenants and never wants to do property again. Wrong location, wrong type of property, wrong tenant, tenant demand. And that's, you know, that's the wrong way to do it. But there is certainly the right way of doing it. So hopefully that, that helps. And, and, you know, to your listeners, Daniel, I'm always happy to have a phone call uh, and speak with clients um, or anyone who's, you know, from your community looking for, you know, a bit of insight of how we do things and, and how it works. Fantastic. For those of you listening to this episode, uh, if you listen to it and you feel like you need a bit of financial advice or mortgage advice, uh, make sure you give Ramsey, a White, Ramsey and White a call and make sure you mention Property, Wealth and Business podcast. So obviously they can know where you've listened from and, uh, and so they can offer you the appropriate advice um, here and there. So I just really want to thank you, Joe, for um, spending your lovely afternoon with myself here on the Wealth and Business Podcast. And I'm looking forward to so many other future, you know, uh, uh, endeavors with ourselves and our future partnerships and, and so on and so forth. I really want to thank you for joining in. Uh, for those of you who want to reach out to them, make sure you go on Instagram handle and find uh, Ramsey and White. And on Instagram, and as well as you can go onto their website to find uh, Ramsey and White as well. So it's www.ramseyandwhite.co.uk. I'm right on that one, right? Yeah, we've got the estate agency website and okay. the financial advisor website. But yeah, there's, there's a few websites. Just put in Ramsey and White and we'll come yeah. up. And we'll, It'll, we'll come up. And we'll obviously have all the uh, all the links to their websites and their logo will be somewhere around this podcast as they're also one of our proud partners and sponsor. So their logo will be demonstrated anywhere around this video podcast as well as, you know, the show notes and every other thing else. So I just want to thank you, Joe, for coming through. And yes, guys, we'll see you on the next episode. And Joe, thank you for being here and we'll see you soon. Take care, everyone, and have a fantastic, fantastic day.